Hi, Justice fans. Today we're talking Chris Brown, the effect of mass incarceration on Trump's election, your rights at the border, and more. Stay with us on Justice is Served. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Lives. Justice is Served. <laughs> oh, yes, what a great song. Mm-hmm. I'm so into this song right now. Even though it says it turns me black and blue. Yeah, it's a little a little sad, but... Which know. is why I thought it was perfectly yeah. fitting for the introduction of the yeah. show today. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Justice is Served. Thanks for joining us. This is a show where we, three, sometimes four, but today yeah. just three, lawyers talk about uh, legal stories in the news for this week. And I am joined today by Yemi Abayami and Shaka Smith. Thanks yeah. for being here, guys. Absolutely. And I wish we could keep listening to this song. Oh. Mm. I thought you were going to hit that. <laughs> <laughs> Only in my mind. The engineer before this did an awesome rendition. If he wants to jump in anytime now. Must be love on the brain. Yes. Actually, that was really better yeah. even than money practice. Yeah, okay. Sorry about that. All righty. Okay. So let's get into the Chris Brown story. This Chris Brown story has nothing to do with Rihanna, but, you know, that's where the brain but, goes yeah. when I hear about these Chris Brown beating stories. And we've got, well, another one. He didn't beat up anyone in this story, but Karuchi Tran is looking to prevent that. Yeah, Uh, apparently, so she got a restraining order, but she also alleged that during the relationship, he had hit her two times, I think threw her down a flight of stairs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it looks like his behavior didn't change too much from that 09 incident with Rihanna. Yeah, the unfortunate thing is that because the Rihanna case is closed, as far as I know, just because she's making these allegations now, nothing's going to happen to him with yeah, he's respect off of, to yeah, that case. I think he had been off of probation and everything Yeah, like so it's it, it's over and done with on the Rihanna case. And this won't are, open it back up. And there are allegations, but given the history, it seems more likely true than not. It's, it's enough, <laughs> enough, <laughs> enough of a threat for, the, for a judge to, to issue a, a restraining order. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I don't disagree. I mean, apparently yeah. he's made uh, threats not only to her but to her friends. Um, so, yeah. you know, and we've got a video that. of that. Yeah. Um, but I'm interesting to I'm interested to know if you think this video alone would be grounds enough for the restraining order. Let's pick up that conversation on the other side of yeah. the video. Ladies, y'all be complaining about niggas being like stalkers and love with y'all kind of crazy shit and get tired of it. Well, guess what? I'm one of them niggas. If I love you, bitch, ain't nobody gonna have you. I'm gonna make you miserable. I'm gonna chase that nigga out. I'm gonna chase your ass around. And it's done. <laughs> Oof. God, that's sick. Now, I had seen that video, actually, <laughs> on his um, social media. And I thought it was funny, initially, because... You thought it was funny? Well, yeah. I mean, I didn't think he was Shaka, actually... we need to talk. I didn't think he was actually stalking people. I thought it was sort of like, if I love you, and I was... Okay. Right. Like, Would you I, ever say that as a oh, joke? Yeah, yeah, as a funny joke, yeah. I don't think... I, I, I wouldn't have Not thought... Not funny. Any, I, I wouldn't have yeah. thought anything of this, and I yeah. actually don't think it's super helpful to her... Case, I mean, yeah, he's saying, "Oh, if I can't have," but that's just if that, I can't have me, you. Nobody to me, will. That, to me, that's just just talk. And, and there was, and, and was, he's talking about, oh, "I'm going to well, chase but you around, this, and I'll chase him around." And like, he was playful, like during the video, but now it goes natural. <laughs> I'm more so of a, horrified. I can't well, believe you thought it was playful. Well, yeah, but, but now, I guess. But now maybe. it goes to well until you find out he was kind of stalking her. Yeah. <laughs> so now it goes the to back, state of the, mind. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think the context of knowing what Kuroichi or I can't even Kuroichi has said. That changes the complexion of things, but I think that video on its own isn't. Yeah. Uh, That's what super I thought helpful. too. 
that's what I thought too. That yeah. it's not if you look at the video and think this got a restraining order issued, it oh, could no, look no, no, like no, no, it, no, but no, it's no, not. It's that. also the allegations. I'm sure she's got some proof of the um, what to play or the communications. And on top of that, I mean, he didn't really threaten her in the video. Right. Um, yeah. He's he's the worst thing he probably said that could be deemed as threatening might be you know I'm going to chase you around, but yeah. I don't know that that qualifies as assault really. Yeah. You know, that, I'm going to make you miserable. Well, it sounds it's like not, harassment and yeah. possibly stalking. But I'm gonna chase you around. Well, he said, uh, "He said I'm a star." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so he said that part. He, he did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 to me, the to me, the video isn't as crucial as the fact that he's punching her and telling her friends that he's yeah that, that he's gonna shoot her. But again, during the times that uh, yeah, it that, looks like and that's it, what it is. It's a specific threat, like I'm going to shoot her. Yeah, that would get this restraining order. And it looks like for the the abuse allegations, nobody was around. It was just them. So it's really her, her word versus his, and so. So probably not much will come of that because it doesn't look well, like in terms of, yeah, he, yeah. she's trying to get him prosecuted no, for she, those things. I think she's used it as a ground to set up the restraining order. Yep. All right. Uh, anybody want to guess as to how long we're going to be hearing about this for? You think this, well, this, I mean, this is going to be an ongoing thing I, or well, I, I, we're never going to mention it again? What I wonder is what it's going to do to his career. Like, will this finally be the last? Well, because people have stood by him Are for you a long me? time. He punched Rihanna in the face, no. bloody black and blue. That didn't have an, an effect on his career at no, all. No, it did. Remember, people didn't work for him with, for a while, and then all of a sudden they started to kind of he kind of piecemealed back in. Yeah, he had to but, like you know kind of shut it down for a little bit, but but he's back. But per- now performing on the Grammys and. But I think a lot of that had to do with this idea of redeemability and the fact that he was young. And now there's those excuses are out of the window, and I, I think Hollywood might hold, or the at least the music industry might hold him to account this time. So we'll see. We'll I mean, see. I wish, but I'm not going to hold my breath. I don't breath. think so. I think he just has a bad boy image now. That's all. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, ladies, stay clear of anybody who jokes about, <laughs> if I can't have you, nobody will. It's just my dating tip for that- the day. I know you didn't ask, but I just thought I should throw that in there. Yikes. Okay. And now we got like a breaking news update. So I can't remember how long ago it was. My memory is terrible. I don't know if it was weeks or months ago. We covered the story of Dwayne Buck, Mm -hmm. who was a guy on death row who was claiming that he was there because of ineffective assistance by his counsel. Because his counsel offered a witness who said that because he's black, he's more likely to be dangerous in the future and therefore got him the death penalty. And, and this was during the sentencing phase where they're supposed to consider the propensity for violence in the future. Right. And so that his own counsel would call this person up to say he's more violent because he's black. And it's Well, it's not just that the, the counsel called him up. But the counsel knew, knew. that this uh, expert was going to say that. And, and yeah. he said that. And he still put him up on yeah. the stand. And that's where the trouble lies. And, and the expert's basis for this was, you know, um, black people are a very small percent of the population, but they're overrepresented in prison. Well, sort of circular logic. Right. Okay, so the you know the backstory on it is that the only issue that he, he went to the Supreme Court over was whether it was legal, basically, for his counsel to allow this kind of, I'm black and therefore I'm going to be more dangerous evidence to be used against him yeah. to be given the death penalty. Not about whether he was guilty yeah. for the underlying crime. Yeah. Because yeah, that- it's pretty well agreed upon that he committed a heinous murder. Yes. Actually, right. two people. Yeah. And so the Supreme Court was just looking at, like, are, are these circumstances so extraordinary uh, that we should allow them to kind of redo the sentencing um, because of this and know, kind of egregious error on the part of the of the attorney? Yeah, and I, I think the more specific question was, because he had missed some procedural hurdles, he didn't raise an effective assistance of counsel on his first appeals or in his habeas corpus petition. Um, so that was the initial procedural problem. He didn't raise it initially. 
So the Supreme Court was looking to see if that this was so egregious it would overcome those procedural bars. And it looked like this was going to be a slam dunk because based on the questions that the justices were asking during yeah. the proceeding, it seemed even some of the conservative justices yeah. like Alito were like, this is really indefensible. Yeah. But then we got the uh, decision today, which was a 6-2 decision yeah, in Dwayne Buck's favor. Yeah. But the surprising part was about the two justices who didn't go along yeah. with the majority opinion. I guess it shouldn't be any surprise that it was Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito, but and even I, still... I haven't read their dissent, but it, it must be on procedural grounds. It has to be, right? Because <laughs> certainly... Who can ever Because we may lose faith in yeah. all yeah. of yeah. humanity yeah. if those men did not agree that this kind of sort of flagrant violation of some... I mean, I mean, Roberts, the chief justice who yeah. wrote the opinion, used really great quotes like, you know, we convict per people and we sentence them to die based on what they did, not who they are. Yeah. And that even if the role of his race was barely mentioned, not given much airtime, is ba barely covered in the record, that there are small amounts of poisons yeah. or small amounts of toxins that can be lethally poisoned. So yeah. even if it was a small role in this whole long, and I'm sure it was a very long, arduous record, that that's enough to take a look and retry the sentencing phase. Yeah, and there were, I think there were actually a few other um, people that um, the state had actually said, you know what, we messed up by bringing up race um, into the argument, and so we're going to um, have these guys resentenced. However, he was... In the other cases. Yeah. Mm -hmm. However, Dwayne Buck did not get that treatment because his own lawyer brought up the race rather than the state's uh, the state attorney. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. I, I have no idea. So that's idea. like prima facie's ineffective assistance of counsel. <laughs> Just yeah. egregious on so many levels. All right. So there's a little bit of um, justice being served today. Yeah. I would say that would be our dose. Uh, actually, I like this story, too. And it actually got me thinking, <laughs> hmm. Okay, so the Washington State Supreme Court yeah. ruled on a case where a... Uh, floralist, florist, yeah. florist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even lawyers are dumb. Um, decided not to, you know, make the flower arrangements for the wedding of two gay men, and so the men sued the florist under the state's anti-discriminatory law, and this Washington State Supreme Court just sided with the couple. Were you anybody surprised by this outcome? Not in Washington, no. Yeah, I think, and I think that's the the important thing. I mean, state law forbids discrimination based on sex. Yeah. That's it's it's explicit and, in the in the uh, in the statute. It added of the sexual state. orientation yeah. in two thousand and six. Oh, sorry, right. yeah, sexual, sexual orientation, right? And uh, I believe even gender identity. And so I think nineteen out of nineteen out of the fifty states have these some some sort of these laws. And so yeah, based on the law itself, it was clear violation. And then it, it got me thinking, like I really like this, I. Yeah. I'm normally for it. But then I tried to put myself in the shoes of like, what if I was seriously religious and seriously held that belief? It, well, it does put you at a crossroads because it, apparently um, the uh, the plaintiff was friends with the florist. Yeah, that and was so, really surprising. And yeah. she said, hey, I can't do it, but let me refer you to other people, people who can. Yeah. And they talked it out and they spoke and apparently they hugged and, uh, you know. <laughs> And then she gets sued. <laughs> but then I'm sure he went home and was like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, on the one hand, you yourself, you don't want to have to be forced to do something that you don't want to do. And I think we've seen a lot of these cases taking place in the in the context of, you know, a bakery providing a cake for a wedding. Right, or that, a, ca that case has still not been heard yet. Yeah. Or, or, you know, a florist or a photographer not shooting a floralist. Someone. I still can't believe <laughs> myself for saying but that. But then I think to the extent that you start allowing people to, uh, you know, discriminate based on sexual orientation because of this, you know, religious uh, 
uh, you know, offense to it, um, you know, that could be then applied to more severe situations. Maybe, you know, not getting flowers from the florist you want isn't as severe as, um, you know, a hospital then refusing to treat you because you're yeah. LGBT or, you know, um, you know, not getting benefits for your spouse, you know, yeah. things like that. I, I think, think these you, cases, yeah. you can kind of say, oh, but as a florist, I don't want to have to provide it, and it's not a big deal. I shouldn't have to provide it. But I think you also have to think in the context of, you know, kind of bigger, more uh, I, important situations. I sympathize with people in that situation, but you do, I think you have to contemplate serving everyone when you decide to open up a commercial business. I mean, and I frankly a, don't want to do business with people who don't want to bake cakes or make flower now, arrangements for gay couples. I, I do think if you, if that's, I think if what the service you're being asked to provide is so essential to what the ceremony that you you are essentially a part of it, then that would make sense to me. Assuming there's only one florist in town. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, I can't. I can't even imagine. Like you're the priest, and they say, well, you have, you can't. You know, I wouldn't. You can't compel someone to conduct the ceremony. That, that you're such an essential part of it that you are now involved in it, uh, in the actual ceremony. I don't think there's very many professions where that would happen. So. I don't know. I wonder in the long run how this one is going to come out in the United States Supreme Court. Um, usually I'm like, oh, yeah, this happened. Like Washington, yeah, this, is, this one's a no-brainer how this one's going to end up when it goes to the United States Supreme Court. But I'm, I'm not so sure. And then right. I think of all the, like, the things that are in the Bible that nobody cares about. Like there's plenty of grocers that are out there um, that sell, like if you work in a grocery store and they sell pork, but pork is like, you know, eating pork is mm-hmm. not in your religion. But I guess when you're working there, they're not making you eat pork. So maybe this is not the same. But, um, I, but I, I think, like, say or you... But when you're... Okay, sorry, my logic. <laughs> yeah. If you're a florist and you serve a gay couple, that doesn't mean that you are being a gay couple. For the sin... It, I'm, I'm totally using air quotes here because I don't <laughs> buy this. The sin is in same-sex marriage. Well, and so if you're a florist, you're just providing flowers. You're not becoming well, married think, to somebody of the same sex. Well, no, I think as a religious person, though, your thought is, if I'm doing anything furthering a sin, if I'm doing anything to facilitate a sin, that is also sinful. So you, you don't want to facilitate or further sin, and so that is where they're coming from. And so I get it on that level, but again, if I don't, if you're not, you know, if I go to you and I say, look, I want these um, Bibles with our names on it, Deliver to the ceremony. Okay, then I could see why you'd say no, and I, yeah. I would think you you should probably be protected from having to do that particular service. Um, so if it's a religious thing that you do, and they're asking you to comport that religious thing to that to some belief that's not part of it, then I can understand that. Yeah, this one is one of the weird ones where at first I was so like cut and dry on this, like there should not be any discrimination anywhere against any you know same sex couple, and then I'm trying to be compassionate to people who are a little or a lot more religious than I am, seeing as how I'm virtually non-existent religious. Um, and, I'm, and I and I have a, like a, a, a teeny ounce, tiny, teeny, really teeny, tiny yeah. ounce of compassion for it. Like not enough where I like now agree with Hobby Lobby, for example, yeah. that they don't have to provide uh, yeah. contraception because they don't believe in it. Like I think if your business is super associated with one particular faith, then maybe that would be, you know, but uh, unless that's the case, you know, unless you're the, if you're the, the florist that makes fl- all floral arrangements and, cr- and 
the shape of a cross, you know, and that's what you do. And, then, and now they want, maybe now I would see you have an argument. Well, I, I think that raises, I mean, an important question in terms of how do you know that this, that, that this individual who's refuse, refusing to provide services isn't using this religious out kind of as yeah. a pretext for just a, a simple desire to discriminate against, you know, based and so on, that you have on sexual orientation. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and there's no way to, to test and it's for hard that. to tell. So yeah. you have these, like, maybe, maybe a more cut and dry example where yeah. I, I am the kind of approved uh, florist for the Vatican or whatever, yeah. um, but that's not going to be the case in the, in the vast majority of these cases. And I, if I can always point to, like, well, my religion tells me no... Um, you know, I don't know what the standard is for proving that relig- like that religious objection there is, is really actually no. true. And we can't have a religious test. And that's why you have to go with anti-discrimination statutes. I mean, I mean, legally, you know, what the Washington State Supreme Court did is what the United States Supreme Court has to do. Yeah. I believe, because of these points that you're making, mm-hmm. I just... I, I can see that in for the rare person that actually has these religious beliefs, which I would be like... Come I don't on, think people. it's a rare person. Yeah. You think it's the rare person? Well, maybe because we're <laughs> in LA, and I I don't know of anybody who would refuse to do business with but a same sex couple. I, I think there. Yeah. <laughs> are, are there a lot in LA that I don't know? About? I mean, maybe not in LA, yeah, but, but I think they're but, everywhere. I don't want to yeah. like call out you know certain states or regions <laughs> of the country, but without a doubt, I and think everything that in the I, middle that yeah. I haven't stopped in yeah, in sure, a very long sure, time. Numerous. You still don't hear about these cases because how often does it happen in terms of a, a same sex couple goes and ask for a particular service and then mentions it for their wedding. You know, it doesn't happen too often. So I think but there are a lot of people I feel like would not serve that community. And okay, how what, often are wait, people... So then, I mean, it might not come out a lot because, you know, how, how often are people suing on account of it? Maybe if yeah. they're, they're discriminated against, they, they, they just happen. go to the next okay, Yeah, they're sad. And here, what about this scenario? A straight couple comes to you. I'm the florist here. You are a straight couple, and you guys are coming to me, and I know you beat your fiancé. That's that's a sin, right? Beating your yeah, fiance yeah, way. Yeah. But I but you're a straight couple, so I, you know, participate in making the flowers for your wedding. Am I not then also now facilitating a sin no, because, because I know you're somebody who beats your wife no, because or the girlfriend? Because we- the wedding in of itself is not the sin. It's the beating. If if you sell sold hammers and you said okay, yeah. you know maybe then you say right. look, I'm not selling you a hammer because I feel like that's what you're going to use to beat her. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think it, that would be the distinction for me. Okay, that's a good one. I thought I was so clever. Not so much. That one was undone pretty quickly. Okay, this was an interesting uh, article I saw in Vanity Fair where Van Jones, who's one of my favorite heroes who emerged from the last election cycle, he's a commentator on CNN, um, Van Jones has made the case that mass incarceration is really what got Trump elected. It was a great case that he made, though. He did, yeah. And, and it's, it, I mean, I get voter suppression, and I know about mass incarceration, but I hadn't put them together the way that he laid it out. Well, you lose your voting rights, you know. That's that's a big thing when you're convicted of a felony. And some people are like, well, you're a felon. You deserve to have your voting rights removed. But, like, it is forever. Yeah, you're 19, you get a felony for marijuana, you know, and... Now you're 40 and you can't vote and you have things that are affecting your life, yeah. Especially when we know that there are such disparate um, chances that if you're black, you're going to be convicted of the felony yeah. for marijuana versus you're white or something As else. I said earlier, well, like 6.5% of the population is black, but they represent about 40 50% of the prison population. Right. I mean, it's a huge yeah. 
difference. And it's not because you're committing more crimes. Right. I feel like we have to say that every yeah. time, but it just, is true. Yeah, the studies show that. Yeah. that they don't commit more crimes, that yeah. they don't use drugs more often, that they don't sell drugs more often. And in fact, for drug offenses, that white Americans actually are bigger drug users than black Americans or Hispanics. So Yeah. They're essentially just being policed more. Um, yeah. And then having to suffer the consequences. So this is one more reason to, if you have not already seen the documentary 13th, to go watch that because yeah. he kind of t- he talks about it in there. And this, for me, is a new reason to be behind this uh, effort to end mass incarceration. And restore voting rights. Yeah, because we've I've already thought of, you know, gerrymandering is a really crappy thing that legislators have done to make sure that they're that they get to pick their voters rather than the voters picking them. It guarantees them a job. That we need to fix. And these voter ID laws have been popping up ever since part of the Voting Rights Act was sort of decimated a couple of years ago. And those were the efforts, I thought, that we needed to make on correcting uh, voting rights. Yeah. But really, giving people back the right to vote after serving their prison sentence yeah. or... Or do you think not making it a uh, a part of the punishment in the first place? Like there are some countries where you never lose your voting rights. Yeah. You can be a convicted murderer and you still have it. So I don't know. Where do you think you, it should never be taken away, or it should be restored after you're out? I think there should be a process for restoration. Um, I, I think the crime, you know, felony. Yeah, take them away. <laughs> but <laughs> I, even if, even if it's, a, even if it's a drug crime, I think like different kinds of felonies. And I, I think as long as there's a reasonable path to restoration, taking that away for a felony is fine. Uh, but yeah, you need to have a way to, to get those rights back because you're going to be affected the rest of your life by the laws. I, I certainly think once you have served your time and you've kind of paid your debt to society, there definitely needs to be you, you, a, a, you know a, a, a path towards path. restoration. Yeah. Exactly, I agree that because you are you're we, you're still living in society uh, after you have been released, and I think you want to give. Uh, these kind of re- newly released members an incentive to you know to be a part of society, yeah, to exercise your you know your right to vote, uh, make the decisions that have an impact on your community and that can positively affect you to continue you know to do well outside of the prison system. Don't kind of put me into a a hole where I now I already have, can't get housing or no a job. Ability yeah. to impact yeah. you know my surroundings. So what, that's just going to make me and that, behave. And that yeah, and that leads to that that rate of um, recidivism. Yeah, <clears throat> and so. What I would say, though, I like Van Jones' argument, but I, I don't want that to be why we do it. We're not doing this because because Trump we all never love Van Jones yeah. as much as I do. Because yeah. no, we never want Trump why. to be elected. You know, like it, it should be because we we want people to be able to contribute to society. You know, so great that it would be, be a, that would have been a side effect. And be reintegrated yeah. into society. Yeah, yeah. As and I thought members of society. Some yeah. people might hear us and say, "How big of a problem could that really be? That it would alter the election?" Because that's a pretty big claim yeah. to say that we have Trump because of mass incarceration. And so Van Jones pointed out, just in the state of Florida, yeah. there, there's hundreds of thousands of felons who cannot vote, and that if they could vote, um, because black generally, generally more reliably, likely, yeah. it's not. Fact, but it's likely that black people reliably vote Democratic. So yeah, right. And so then Florida would be blue yeah. instead of the red state that you know I think it permanently feels like it is. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, and Florida is a big state because you know that's I mean we had the uh, Gore and Bush problem yeah, in two thousand. In two thousand, yeah. and you know just the state of Florida, a couple thousand votes. And in this election, there was really a hundred thousand votes in three states that won it for Trump. So to to think that mass incarceration 
um, didn't have that big of a role. I mean, it, it well, could. But there's so many. Once felons. you take the three to five million illegals that voted, then <laughs> yeah. I, I can't even take you seriously. I can't even laugh at the joke. So silly. But speaking of illegals who were paid to protest, there were 200 plus inauguration day protesters that were indicted for felonies, felony rioting. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of shocked by this. Yeah, because I mean, in every crowd, it seems of protesters. There are the nutty ones, and they get, you know, arrested and dealt with. But it usually, as I've seen it, doesn't get felony charges and doesn't get, it doesn't, it's not like a massing, like hundreds of people get charged yeah. that way. So I was really surprised to see that they were charging this many people at with the number felony. And, I was surprised at the number until I read kind of what took place as, as to why these people were charged, and then it sort of made sense. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they came with crowbars yeah, they and were, were throwing uh, things at officers police, yeah. and uh, damaging property and things like that. Exactly. So, and they were also charged with the black masking or black. I don't know that block? they were. Ch- it's oh, a very black, black block, block yeah. where they were wearing kind of. Masking their face, wearing all black. And that so made that me go, how do they know who, who they are? <laughs> I guess, like, after they were arrested, you snatched that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> snatched it off their head. Just like that. <laughs> um, so if you are convicted of felony rioting, 10 years in prison, a fine of $25,000. And since it's a felony, you forever lose your right to vote. Yeah. As of now. But, I mean, I, I, think, I think this was the right move in terms of you, you don't want people admitting violence, especially during, like, the Inauguration Day, and I think... Any it, day. Yeah, and any we day. like protest, but peaceful protest, exactly, please. Exactly, yeah. Right, and, and I don't know, maybe maybe the large, the reason for the large number of um, indictments might have been just because there were absolutely huge and large crowds, you know, kind yeah. of protesting So really, Donald 200 Trump. is a very small uh, oh, crowd. Of, of, the, uh, hundreds of the hundreds of thousands, of thousands yeah. that, that protested, maybe that number isn't so kind oh, of But yeah. it just seems like you see this article, 200, 200. people, and it seems yeah. kind of overwhelming. So shortly after he was inaugurated, Donald Trump issued this executive order of this not calling it a Muslim ban, but it really is, right? I mean, yeah, he called it a Muslim ban up until very close (laughs) to Until he issued it and realized that that was unconstitutional. Uh, Anyways, I'll try not to get political, but, you know, if you want to get political with me, after Uh Buzz TV, Trump Trump report (laughs) on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Okay, back to this. So then it raises the question about what are your rights at the border, even if you're an American citizen, because we are hearing about people with green cards. Yeah that were getting swept up in this ban. So I thought it would be a good time to do a little classroom legal rights class. <laughs> God, I really can't think straight right now. Okay, so very generally, can you be stopped at the border? Even Let's just assume you're a citizen. Can you be stopped and searched at the border for no reason at all? Yeah. The answer is yes. Okay, yeah. so then if you're like been listening to the show for a while and you're like, hey, wait a minute, I know there's a Fourth Amendment against unreasonable searches and seizures when there's no probable cause yeah. to believe that you've been involved in a crime. Not at the border. So what happened to <laughs> yeah. that? Your constitutional rights stop at the border. Just kidding. No, they don't. But but the need for you know reasonable suspicion or probable Due cause process. as you would have, you know, if you got stopped on the streets, they just don't apply at the border. The government has a lot of latitude and leeway to, you know, investigate who yeah. is coming in the country. So let's look at the And this extent. is before this is before Trump. These are like vetting <laughs> procedures that we've had all the time. This is a good point. Yeah. yeah. But it's a good that... time for a refresher, yeah. right? Okay, so just how far can they take it? They can search 
your person, your yeah. body, right? Mm -hmm. How about your stuff? Yeah. They can search, search your stuff. property. Including your phone. Including, your, including phone. your phone. They can go into your phone. They can have you, like, put the code in or... Yeah, put, get the... Yeah. How about the data on your computer? Well, so n now there's a... There's data and then there's, like, information. You know, they can look through documents. They can look through pictures or whatever. But in terms of, like, the... I guess the data that's behind where you've been, where you visited, like looking in the back end of the phone, that is where there's a little bit of a gray area. And so if you choose to say no, what can they do to you? Well, they can, they can just make it hard on you. You yeah. know, yeah. you basically, because at the end of the day, as at least as a citizen, you have the right to enter the country. Yeah. It's just a question of whether are they going to detain you and yeah. kind of wait for you to break. And uh, I mean, you, or, you, can, you can protest all you want and say, no, I'm not going to give yeah. you my phone. No, I'm not going to give you my code. And they can say, okay, well, you know, have a seat in this room right here and you're sitting and in, we'll just, in that yeah, room. And we'll, we'll decide. So it's hours. a question of kind of what is it worth to you to protect that I mean, and, and they, they, they can seize your phone too. And they can mm -hmm. seize your electronics. And, and they can copy, copy data from it. Get it back yeah, months that's, later. That's and, weird, and, and, and but they've it literally makes sense. said that you know, kind of the seizure of the electronic information on your phone is yeah. is, is equivalent to the you know search, searching your property as well, so your physical yeah. property. So much in the same way that they can search your suitcase or your purse, and when they, they can search the contents. And they're of your not phone. just downloading it there; they're going to take it, and you won't see your phone till months later. So, it's so not, is yeah. it worth it yeah, for yeah, you yeah. to kind of say no? Okay, mm -hmm. so what if you want to protect your phone or your computer? What can you do? Not, Besides not bring well, the, it? Yeah, anything? not bring it, or, you know, you can get an international phone just for the trip if you're going to, you know, that I think that's probably the best way to go. But uh, if you do not want them to search your phone and don't want it, your phone confiscated, yeah. Don't bring it. There are some people that have thought, like, you can you can wipe the phone clean. Oh, upload it to the cloud and then download and then, it again. Yeah, but then if they look at your phone and it's, like, completely empty, like you just walked out of the, yeah. the, the like, Apple oh, store. I just, yeah. I just bought it two days ago. Yeah, but you got the five. They're going to be suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll be suspicious. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, but uh, I think the government's rights are just more way more favorable at the border um, no. in a different way that they would be if you were actually inside the country. Alone. Yeah. And Chaka, you sent me a really interesting case uh, about a story at the border mm -hmm. where somebody was killed at the border. Yeah, the Supreme Court. And about is now whether that, that person has any legal rights against basically Border Patrol yeah. who killed them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. So we had the Border Patrol, he shoots across um, at this guy um, who's in Mexico. A kid, yeah, a kid. A kid 15, 15 year old. Who's in Mexico. Who is a Mexican citizen. Who's a Mexican citizen. Yeah. Shoots and kills him. And now they're trying to bring an action against the, the Border Patrol agent in the United States. And what rights, if any, does this person have? And right now it looks like none. It's and a it's it's a it's a tough one because yeah. um, this this border agent was on the U.S. side. The yeah. kid was in Mexico. It's maybe a sixty foot distance between the U.S. Uh, between the agent and the child that was shot. Um, but it just so happened that this officer was in the U.S. The kid was a Mexican in Mexico who doesn't really enjoy constitutional protections in the U.S. And when his family tried to sue in Mexico, um, the, you know, they were able to bring a case, but the U.S. wouldn't extradite this yeah. officer. And this is under the Obama administration. They decided to decline to... <laughs> you like uh, to make that well, well, yeah, I want people <laughs> to know. <laughs> I want people to know that Obama also... This wasn't a, this wasn't a Trump. This, <laughs> isn't a, this isn't another Trump failing. Yeah. This is a... But, but um, but so the U.S. W wouldn't extradite him, so they kind of had no recourse in Mexico, and so the next step was okay. Well, let's see if we have recourse in, uh, in the United States, and uh, so the, so far the Fifth Circuit doesn't seem to think so. Yeah, yeah. the the rights. I mean, but like if I am here and I throw my phone at you and it hits you, I'm still responsible for yeah, injuring yeah, you, yeah. even though I'm here and technically I guess there could be a border here. So you're responsible for your 
Oh, but your the actions, actions and the, the damages. But not at the border. Yeah. I mean, apparently... Not when you're on the other side yeah, of the border. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not when the victim is on the other side of the border. It yeah. seems so inhumane. But it's happened already. We know, what was it, like 40 people have been shot by Border Patrol agents and several have died, but they're... Uh, there's been no discipline as we, as far as we can tell, against the border agents. And, what and, and this is, no and this is going to be bad because it's going to happen. An American citizen is going to be killed. And oh, I think some American have already citizens been, have, have already been, been killed. killed. And I think no what recourse. makes this um, a little bit worse is the fact that you know this officer was shown to have lied uh, when he was doing his debrief. He said you know he was surrounded by kids that were throwing rocks at him at the time that he shot this child who was like, 60 feet away. But the, uh, the cell phone video captured it, and he was not surrounded. By, and he was by kids. yeah. The kid was hiding underneath a trailer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Americans so have been sad. killed in this way, and there's been there's been no recourse, and the border patrol agents haven't been policed. And you know, one of the things that um, you know the Fifth Circuit said was that this uh, border agent he has qualified immunity, and you know the, the questions that they were asking was you know was a constitutional right violated that this officer should have known of, and the first prong of the test wasn't even met in the well the. The Fifth Circuit says that the first prong wasn't met, given yeah. that this kid had no constitutional rights to be violated in the first place. So I at mean, that point, the fact that we don't kind of a, that the, the question was that over. the courts are saying that we don't even recognize the right to, for a foreigner to live if they're within the vicinity of our border is just well, nuts well, to me. What, what are the ramifications, though, if they say, okay, you now can sue the government for this kind of act? Yeah. Whether it's drone we, strikes, you know, in different countries. And I, what, and, and, and I think we should take responsibility for that. Well, I mean, so you're going to... So it's going to... It's going to be the most the unreliable... Other than that, yeah. we're other, if we don't, Our, we're going to continue to create terrorists. I, well, I, I, because I don't... The, because if you're an innocent person and your child gets killed you're by an American drone, you are going... If you don't believe that that family member is going to grow a deep resentment and hatred for you're the country about, that killed their family talking, member when they're totally innocent... bogging down the court system and possibly bankrupting the country. If all these people decide to sue the United States over drone strikes... It, the cases would be ridiculous. It would be okay. Well, then maybe we should be much more careful about who we kill, or <laughs> about mean, whether we go to areas that our presence there is well, not going to make we us or them have, any safer. We do have international law. We have sanctions. So and, we do and, and human rights treaties. And human right, yeah, we have a procedure in place to police, you know, bad drone strikes. Or, you but, know. but at the end, well, but at the uh, end of the day, a lot of again, like the, these this. border agents, even if even if there are treaties in place, yeah. you know, these border agents, they aren't really being held. Responsible. This family's, um, this child's family is trying to. Uh, there is a case. Uh, what is it? Uh, Boumedin v. Bush, where um, a uh, the one of the uh, detainees at Guantanamo was um, trying to get a, a habeas kind of corpus, a habeas corpus hearing. And in that case, um, this person, even though he was on, you know, in Cuba on foreign grounds, and um, he was able to, you know. Bring his case. bring his case, but there, the argument there yeah. was that you know the kind of the factual circumstances that Guantanamo Bay is under U.S. control yeah. um, that 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 kind of shifted the it's almost uh, like an embassy the analysis, <laughs> so that made a difference. Whereas in this case, you know, although actually I did read that um, in this case that that area of border protection is administratively controlled and, by both the U.S. and, and Mexico. So yeah. there is there is I mean we'll see what what happens. Yeah, um, I really there, there is a question as to, before this story I had no idea that you really are not even uh, a human at the border. 
that you and I as citizens could be just shot and killed and nobody well, he, held to account. He, he, I mean, I think it's a real thing. He, he, if if you're in Mexico, probably, yeah. And, well, he, and he I used a, to go frequently. But, <laughs> but he is a citizen. I mean, the, the problem was just that the government was not going to extradite this official. Because yeah. he, he, the, 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 the um, agent would have been held to account in, in Mexico, but that relies yeah. on the government actually so we didn't extradite providing, and I think providing if you, that And man. if American had been shot on in Mexican <clears throat> soil by a Border Patrol agent, your family could certainly bring a private a claim against that agent, you know, in civil court. It's so. just unfortunate that it happened in this, you know, kind of small area in which he doesn't enjoy, he didn't enjoy that protection. I think we're going to hear about these kinds of stories much more frequently because Trump is going to increase the number of border patrol agents and, we, and we'll to make need the, to ask them to be more aggressive. And they're going to be we'll, more militarized, exactly. And, and we'll need them to be hopefully better trained, you know, so, but I don't know. Who knows the plan? Yeah, good luck with that one. <laughs> Yikes! I mean, because I, I at least once a year for most of my life growing up would drive across the border at Tucson to go to Guaymas, where my mom is from. We would drive all the way; it's like 15, 16 hour drive um, to get there and, and spend time with family. But you were risking your life. I, well, as yeah, a yeah, didn't even know. But, well, as a U.S. citizen, though, you could bring a claim because you are a U.S. citizen. Oh, that makes me feel so much better. You're covered by the Constitution, but this 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 foreigner in a foreign country is not. But we've heard about cases but where even Americans American were, no, but Americans were killed at the border, and those border patrol agents weren't held to account. So, uh, yikes. Okay. But, but, Probably qualified immunity, but you can bring a lawsuit. Right, so, yeah, yeah but it's not on the same ground. This yeah. doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> okay, people. I, th- I mean, I think it's generally a good idea to take responsibility even more so than you totally have to for individuals and for a country. Well, so maybe we don't have to take responsibility for things at the border, but when you kill somebody at the border, come on. You have to give them some sense of justice. Otherwise, you are going to just... I mean, whatever you believe in, bad karma, hatred, you're making us less safe when you have more people around the world hating us. But it you do just have doesn't to, make logical sense. You do have sense. to consider the practicalities of allowing foreign people to sue, though, based on, you know... For death? Yeah, you do For have to... For death. We don't... Other countries don't allow... And, if and, we were to allow it, it well, would be Well, we need so, to be better, because we are the greatest country on this it, planet, it Chaka. Would bank, <laughs> it would bankrupt the... It would, if we paid, like, a million dollars to everyone okay, who was ever honestly killed... I'm not I saying guess, it has to be a million dollars, but... A hundred thousand, even. It would be, we would well, bankrupt then, the country. Well, that off. I. And listen, we're clogged. about to build a wall for $25 billion, and you're worried about bankrupting this country? Well, if, I don't think so. If, if, if that happens. But yes. oh, yeah, I'm getting all worked up now. Mexico's going to pay for Okay. Oh, I yeah, think, what are you talking about? I think this is probably a good place to leave, even though I hate leaving it off on a bad note. So I'm just going to say. <laughs> questions, comments, feel free to tweet, comment, like. I'm at Chelsea Galicia. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ayamyams. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Shaka Strong. And don't forget to join us next week for another lively, passionate episode (laughs) of Justice is Served. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio. Instagram me, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.